Hello everyone. Today we are going to talk about the self and especially focusing on self-vigilance. There is a very famous quotation attributed to the fourth caliph of Islam, Ali, that whoever recognizes himself recognizes God. Hence, self-recognition is necessary for God recognition. But the self is not a static object. It does not stay quiet even for a second. It constantly moves from one desire to another, from one hatred to another. The moment we try to become certain that we have understood ourselves, the very next moment presents us with surprising evidence of our ignorance. We try to follow the intricate, mysterious valleys of the self filled with its passions, its sentiments, its intrigues, but we fail at each moment because, as Kierkegaard said, we can understand our life backwards, but we have to live it forwards. As soon as we become satisfied with our knowledge, the self has escaped into the valley of ignorance and we have to fetch it back to the valley of the past so that we can pass some judgment on its fleeting actions. Have we misunderstood our task? What if we are going the wrong way about it? What if we really have to just recognize it and not know it? For recognition, we do not need complete knowledge. We just need to have some kind of knowledge that comes through observation. We just have to be vigilant. If you are requested to babysit for an hour, you would have a firm eye on the baby and you would make sure as much as possible that the baby does not do anything stupid. If you would perceive a dangerous move, you would immediately stretch your hand and stop the baby from overstepping into danger. Vigilance is always done with a purpose. It can never be passive. There is one crucial difference between invigilating someone else and invigilating oneself. When keeping an eye out on someone, the object of control is the other. For example, it is easy to stop the desire of a diabetic patient from eating dessert. On the other hand, if you are self-vigilant, then the subject and object of control are the same. If you have an intense desire for something and you are also the one who must ensure that you do not desire it, you are wanting and not wanting to do the same thing. That is the challenge. For such a complicated situation, we have to go to the greatest mind of the Abbasid Caliphate, Imam Ghazali. Towards the end of his life, after having seen all, he wrote the crowning book of his career, Ihya Ulumuddin. In this book, he distills his lifelong quest for knowledge. In the same book, he also spends time teaching a self-vigilance, which can be safely regarded as the result of his long struggle against his own self. So let's see how he approaches self-vigilance. Ghazali describes vigilance as a state of heart that results from a kind of knowledge that already highlights two important elements of vigilance, heart and knowledge. Heart in Sufism is considered the ken of preferences and desires. It motivates our actions, or to put it differently, it is what moves the body. Just as Aristotle said that without desire there is no movement, in the same manner Ghazali places the movement of our thoughts and body at the mercy of our hearts. Then he moves on and describes the state of the heart. He says that the state is the heart's heedfulness of the one who watches and preoccupation with him. The heart turns to him, observes him, and applies itself to him. Therefore, vigilance is not a passive act of the eye. It is an active and interested case of the heart. Moving on to the second element, knowledge, that gives rise to this state. Regarding this knowledge, he says that this is the knowledge that God sees the heart, knows and oversees in every soul what it has earned. What in atheistic terms is called moral intuition, the knowledge of good and evil. 
So according to Ghazali, the heart that is responsible to make the soul move in accordance with its preferences, tastes and desires has a constant onlooker. But we do not keep ourselves aware of this fact or try and forget this fact so that our moral burden does not oppress us. Therefore, the first step to remember in self-vigilance is that we remind ourselves that we are being watched. Even if we are thinking alone, but when we will act, we will be observed and judged. Self-knowledge is a synonym for self-awareness. In this kind of knowledge, we cannot have a closed judgment about the self. We are constantly on the lookout for new knowledge. We are always learners in this journey. For example, if someone is certain that he will not do anything evil when the situation presents itself, he is mistaken because the self does not allow for closed knowledge. It is ever fleeting, infidel like the heart, surprising us at each step. We just have to be vigilant and not certain about anything. And most importantly, we need to have an open attitude towards the self. Every moment is a Socratic moment. Every moment we have to be aware that we do not yet know everything. Ghazali narrates an incident in which Shibli asked a sage named Abu al-Husayn al-Nuri, How did you acquire such vigilance and repose? He replied, From a cat we used to own. Whenever it wanted to hunt, it stood poised upon a rock without a hair moving. That is the best metaphor for the attitude that we need to bring in constant self-vigilance. To further simplify access to self-knowledge, Ghazali asserts that every activity, however small, contains three accountings. The first is why, the second how, and the third for whom. Before any action, these three questions are already decided. We just need to be aware of their knowledge. Because as soon as these three questions are asked, with serious intention, they lead to moral self-rectification. Why did I do it? How did I do it? And for whom did I do it? Ask yourself. There is no better judge to answer these questions but your heart. But for this to be a genuine inquiry, Ghazali also adds the condition. He says that he whose intellect cannot restrain the desires does not possess the critical view of doubtful matters. It is because of the nature of desires or passions. They are considered to be fiery or having the same nature as fire. They consume the soul, the mind and the heart. They force out any other occupation and only the satisfaction of desire directs our limbs to its fruition. This is why it is very difficult to want and not want at the same time. In fact, it seems illogical. How can A and not A both happen simultaneously? And that is precisely the terrifying beauty of the self and its knowledge. It is the most abstract of things and yet the most concrete. Ghazali himself summarizes vigilance for us in these bullet point style passage. He states that vigilance is firm knowledge and a true understanding of the secrets of action, the depth of the soul and the subterfuges of the devil. For all of these, no one needs to read any book. Yourself has more knowledge than all the libraries combined. Thank you everyone.